This is a Pain Information Network. This is Episode 4. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, We have Dr. Andrew Trescott back on by popular demand. We're going to continue the subject of headaches. We got into the weeds in Episode 2 on uh, headaches, and it's a huge subject. So we wanted to go back and revisit it and answer some specific questions that we received. If you have a question, comment, or if you have a particular subject you want us to talk about, uh, this being an informational uh, channel, please visit us at paininformation.com and also leave a, uh, some feedback for us on uh, iTunes. Uh, we really appreciate it. So this is Andrew Trescott, and I'm sure we're going to be revisiting this topic many times. Andrew Trescott's back with us today, and uh, we're happy to have her back. She did a fantastic job on episode two. There were, are some unexpected causes of headaches, and Andrea is going to pick up where she uh, mentioned that about the occipital nerve in episode two. So take it away, Andrea. Thanks, Hans. Well, as we talked about briefly, the occipital nerve is probably one of the most common causes of things that get misdiagnosed as migraines, but also the headaches from concussions and from flexion extension or whiplash injuries. But I also find a lot of other peripheral nerves that can cause headaches that people aren't aware of. So, for instance, the frontal headache, the headache over the eyes that's caused by squinting or frowning or occurs perimensurally, may be from the supraorbital nerve because there's a nerve that runs right over the top of your eyebrow that has to go through a canal. And in some people, that canal is completely um, closed over with bone, and now it's like a ring. So anything that makes your fingers swell will make your these nerves get trapped. There's also a nerve in the temple called the auriculotemporal nerve that gets traumatized from clenching. And this is one that tends to wake people up at 4 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the morning when they're in their lightest plane of sleep. And so these patients will have exquisite tenderness right in the temple. And if you make a triangle, put your thumb on the little piece that sticks out in front of your ear, which is called the tragus, And your middle finger in the corner of your eye, if you now take your index finger and make just an equilateral triangle there, you'll find tenderness right there in the temple. And that is a nerve that's also um, misdiagnosed as menstrual headaches or temporal arteritis or migraines and um, can be very easily treated once you recognize the true pathology. How would you treat it? Well, first of all, you have to diagnose it, and that's the hard part because you have to have a rec- you have to have a high index of suspicion. You actually have to examine the patient. You have to listen to where they hurt, where it starts, where it goes, what makes it worse, what makes it better, and um, then a diagnostic injection with very small volumes of local anesthetic can be extraordinarily dramatic. And I've had people coming in throwing up their toenails, unable to tolerate light or sound or smells that literally before the needle is out of their skin, they're beginning to feel better. They're opening their eyes. They're looking around. You can turn on the lights. All the nausea's gone. All the pain's gone. Amazingly dramatic. And that makes the diagnosis. Now, once you've made the diagnosis, then you can go about treating it, whether it's using um, anti-seizure medicines to calm down the nerves, diuretics to decrease the swelling perimensurally, or um, perhaps even freezing the nerve to give long-term relief. You know, um, people are afraid of needles. What do you tell them? I tell them that these are tiny needles, and it hurts for about three seconds, 
and then the headache goes away. It, my patients will tell me it hurts less than a Toradol injection. It hurts much, much, much less than a Phenergan injection. Uh, hurts much, much, much less than getting an IV started to try and get medicines in the ER. And within just the barest of seconds, the pain goes away. I completely agree with you. A little bit of needle up front is a lot of relief on the other end. Well, what about med- medications? What else do you use? Well, try and use medicines that if you could identify what the pro- what the problem is, um, medicines and other modalities. So when people are squinting because they can't see well, that's the headache that gets better when you raise, when you get glasses. Um, as I said, I'll put give people diuretic women diuretics five days before the period, and they don't get a headache because the nerve doesn't get entrapped. If they've got a problem with the auricular temporal nerve, then what I'll do is put them in what's called an anterior occlusion splint. The problem is most splints, if you put your finger in your temple and clench your teeth, even though your teeth are together, which they would be in a regular splint, you still can clench. But if you take those front teeth and put them together and now try and clench, you see you can't. And so that's called an anterior occlusion splint, and they wear that at night, and they can't clench, and they can't trigger the nerve entrapment anymore. So again, it just requires making the right diagnosis because you can't treat what you can't diagnose. And that is so too. Rule two, rule two, you got to have a diagnosis. You know, that's interesting about diuretics. How many uh, of us forget to do that or don't even think of it? Uh, that's kind of unusual. Well, again, if the, if the pathology is nerve entrapment from edema, then it makes sense doing a diuretic. If it's a problem inside the skull, a vascular headache, then that won't make it any better. So you've got to to tailor the treatment for the true diagnosis. You know any natural relief, uh, some mechanisms for natural pain control or uh, maybe even some organic products, uh, naturopathic medicines? And give me your take on that. Well, we've certainly used Feverfew for a billion years. Um, and some of these medicines can be effective if you clench your teeth because you're anxious, then kava kava might help. Um, it, there are some natural diuretics that are some of these herbal medicines actually have a high amount of natural diuretic. And so it, the mechanism is not treating the headache, but treating the peripheral edema. Um, and so and certainly acupuncture has been used a great deal for these sorts of things. Um, the. It just is a question of making the right diagnosis. So, again, if you clench because you're frustrated and that sets off the headache, then learning to relax with relaxation therapies or um, uh, a little bit of Zen can help a lot. So it just really I keep saying it, but it's absolutely critical that you can't treat what you can't diagnose. And so the treatment and there are thousands of them out there, work for individual types of headaches. But if you don't know what the diagnosis is, you're forced to try multiple, multiple things that all fail because they're treating the wrong problem. Okay, well, this is kind of a gem or junk session. Um, This is a part of the podcast where I ask you, is this a real gem? Uh, Is it a diamond in the rough, as you say, or is it junk? Okay, let's start with what you brought up, acupuncture. Well, it's 
true that um, acupuncture has a role in pain management. Um, these acupuncture spots, if you cut them out and look at them under the electron microscope, they're actually breaks in the fascia and nerve endings that are coming up to the surface. And so a true talented acupuncturist is actually feeling for those breaks in the skin, or sorry, breaks in the fascia, which present as little divots. And they're placing their needle not a measured distance, but a felt um, change in the physical structure. So they're they're physical and identifiable um, matches to the acupuncture spots. And we can measure changes in electrical flux in those regions. And so maybe chi is simply electricity that was described 4,000 years before we could actually measure it. However, it's also clear that if you give someone who's had pain relief from acupuncture um, medicines like Narcan that reverse opioids, you'll lose 70% of the pain relief. So clearly part of what acupuncture does is turn on your own endorphins, which then give pain relief. But there's another 30% that may be related to the chi. And so um, it it is probably not a diamond, but maybe a gemstone of some kind and has a role. It's just a question of trying to figure out what that role might be. Excellent. Uh, Thanks for your time, Andrea. And um, that would be a great podcast is acupuncture and pain medicine. Um, We're... Facing an opioid epidemic, as you know, we're in the middle of it, and uh, the non-narcotic medication alternatives are so attractive. And in headache management, it's easy for the practitioner just to reach for the pen. Pen is connected to the arm, goes to the brain, and says, write a drug. Drugs aren't always our best friend. And, uh, you know, you're right. There are other techniques and things to do and think about. Let's stay away from the opioids, and let's try to stay away from the barbiturates, uh, the furanols, furosets, and the like. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. The the problem with rebound headaches is huge. Um, Barbiturates like butalbital from furanol or furoset, actually, when you stop taking those medicines, they cause a headache. When you stop taking caffeine, which is in the furanol or furoset, it causes a headache. And it's a little bit like the hair of the dog that bit you. If you went out tonight and um, got drunk and woke up tomorrow morning with a headache, one of the things that would make that headache better is a little of the hair of the dog that bit you, a little bit more alcohol because it's a withdrawal headache. So these rebound headaches where the medication you're taking is actually causing a headache are a very, very real phenomenon. And um, you have to get rid of that those medicines, you have to detox from those medicines before you can ever figure out whether the original headache is even still there anymore. So many people get relief if they just stop taking the medicine, the headache medicines that they use to treat the headache, which is no longer necessarily um, a problem. Um, on the other hand, um, I have successfully used low-dose long-term methadone and I have for headaches, and I have some patients who have had who've been on the same dose of methadone for 15 or almost 20 years now. And they tell me they don't feel like they're taking a pain medicine. They just don't hurt. And it's the only medicine I've been able to get doctors back to being doctors and cops back to being cops. So it is, um, I think there is a role for certain medicines, but certainly um, 
you know, the abortive medicines, the ones you take only if you have a headache are fine if you're only having the rare headache. But if you're having headaches frequently, that medicine may be making things worse. American Headache Association has endorsed uh, a, a solution of an anti-inflammatory and uh, it comes on very quickly and is absorbed rapidly from the stomach, um, uh, diclofenac. And uh, uh, there's a brand name for it. But what do you think of that? Have you used it much? I have, and it's a good medicine. It's a very fast onset, and if pain is caused by inflammation, doing an anti-inflammatory makes a lot of sense. Those of us who are old enough to remember the standbacks, uh, the powder, oh, yeah. and, and oh, yeah. the goodie powders, exactly. This is uh, those were all aspirin. This is a similar medicine, kind of a kind of a tough taste, but the taste only lasts for a few minutes, and the pain relief can be very dramatic. So that's actually one that might be useful. Um, uh, I was heartbroken when they took um, Bexar off the market because that and Vioxx, they and were Vioxx. both excellent medicines for headaches and Vioxx. Yeah. And um, the, um, they, so those were a shame because there, there were some problems with them. They were also extraordinarily good at treating these acute pains like a headache. Um, And then the tryptans have been very useful. Um, They are medicines that that decrease the blood flow, squeeze down the blood vessels so that there gives the nerves more room. But um, they have their own rebound problems and they're very expensive and they only work for a group of patients. Yeah. Well, Dr. Trescott, thanks for your time. I jumped into your football game and (laughs) I'll let you get back to your football game. But anytime we can talk to you, we love it. Uh, I I'm looking forward to some discussion on pelvic pain. I'm seeing that uh, curve rise more and more in my practice. And I think it's become more uh, of a problem that we're aware of. Not necessarily the frequency is uh, more problematic, but it's now acknowledged. And so um, you're an expert on that. I'd love to have your take on that in the future. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Again, thanks. And uh uh, everybody, uh, we appreciate uh, Dr. Trescott. Any uh, feedback or questions for Dr. Trescott, just go to paininformation.com and uh, we'll take a look at that and see what we can get for you. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, Hans. Thanks again to Dr. Trescott. We really enjoy her input. She's our female health editor and a wealth of information and experience. Uh, Please leave us a review at iTunes and any uh, feedback you could give us on paininformation.com. We'd love to hear it. Love to hear from from you. Um, This is an informational channel, and you should talk uh, your specific questions over regarding your specific problems with a qualified medical provider. And thanks for joining us, and we look forward to hearing from you, and we'll see you next episode.